I do not think that any of us are surprised by the choices for today's readings. Each reading brings out a key feature of the early church's sense of being a community created, enlivened, and equipped by the Spirit of God. It is Luke, of course, who in the Acts of the Apostles offers us the most memorably depiction of the imparting of the Spirit on the church and locating it on the Jewish feast of Pentecost, a pilgrimage feast celebrated 50 days or seven weeks after Passover when Israel gathered to give thanks to God for the gift of the land and its produce. This account in today's reading lists at the end people from many regions who hear the testimony of the apostles, each in their own language. The nationalities refer to pilgrims from the Jewish diaspora, but Luke almost certainly means us to see here a foreshadowing of the universal mission of the church. The renewed Israel is now being empowered and equipped for its mission to be a light for the revelation of the nations, something which will work towards overcoming the dispersal and disunity of humanity, symbolized by the episode of the Tower of Babel. Now, guided by the Holy Spirit, the church will speak in many languages, but communicate through each the same essential message concerning the marvels of God and the outpouring of God's compassionate love for us. In this reading, Luke uses the phrase, tongues of fire. What is described here seems to be a central fiery mass from which distinct tongues separate and come to rest on individuals, but not just on the apostles and Mary, but on all the disciples and believers gathered together. In the Old Testament tradition, the sound of a mighty wind and manifestations of fire signify and make the signal the presence and power of God. Most notably, when Israel stood before God at the foot of Mount Sinai, receiving the laws from Moses. At Pentecost, the empowering spirit which rested solely upon Jesus during his own life has now, in accordance with his promise, been distributed to those who are to carry on his mission at first to Israel, then to Judea and Samaria, and ultimately to the ends of the earth. In line with what seems to have been the more mainstream early tradition, John's Gospel associates the imparting of the Spirit more closely with the resurrection and exaltation of the Lord. Thus, it is on the evening of the first day of the week, i.e. Easter Sunday, that Jesus appears to the disciples, makes clear his identity, and imparts to them the peace that overcomes their fear, 
Then he imparts the Spirit to empower them to take up the mission of reconciliation that he himself has received from the Father. He has died as the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. His very moment of death upon the cross, suggesting a handing over of the Spirit. Now, as risen Lord, he breathes the Spirit upon the disciples, communicating through them to the church, the capacity to reconcile peoples in God's name. The second reading is taken from Paul's instruction to the community of believers in Corinth regarding the gifts, charismata or charisms of the Holy Spirit. He firmly believes, and the church too, that at their baptism, each individual member of the church has been given a distinct gift of the Spirit. Where some of the Corinthians appear above all the others to have been given the more dramatic and mystical gifts, especially the gift of tongues, Paul insists on the variety of gifts including such matters as a gift for leadership and administration and giving assistance to the poor. All have their origin in the spirit, but not all have the same purpose. Elsewhere in this section of the letter, Paul makes clear his preference for gifts that build up the community rather than simply the individual. He recognizes charisms, gifts of the Spirit, given for service in the church, unusual gifts like healing or prophecy, designed to meet the needs of an infant church, and ordinary gifts too, that help to build up the community, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, trustfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I would argue that in this moment of the history of our country, these gifts are needed beyond just the church, and that we need a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the world, and especially in our fractured country. Our country is in need of the Spirit of God to lead people to heal our nation, reeling yet again from the exposure of injustice and racism, sins actually enshrined in the founding of our own nation, in our very Constitution itself. Today's psalm, written over 3,000 years ago, seems as if it is addressing our modern situation. If you take away their breath, they perish and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. Let us ask the Lord to send forth his spirit once again to renew the face of the earth and heal our nation and our people. 
so that our national community will reflect the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, trustfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let us pray for that, for a healing of our country. Amen.